Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Thanks for joining me on my drive to work this morning. The Lakers had a rough weekend with a bad loss to the Timberwolves. They got a good win against the Spurs and then another bad loss on Monday against the Bulls. So we're going to jump into all that, plus more on the Lakers and how they're doing this season and how we think they're going to be doing in the next few games. All right, let's jump into it. Well, the Lakers started off the weekend in a poor situation against the Minnesota Timberwolves, a team that I predicted on my last podcast that they should beat, and turns out that they did not win. You know, maybe I should start predicting the opposite of what I think, because the Lakers seem to be doing the opposite. I predict them to lose to the Heat, they beat the Heat, predict them to beat the Timberwolves, they lose to the Timberwolves. Maybe I should just start predicting the opposite of what I want the outcome to be. Anyways, the Lakers had a very rough game against Minnesota a game where they just weren't really getting like it wasn't a completely terrible game that they played you know Anthony Davis had 22 points Russell Westbrook had 20 points um they shot decent they shot I think 44% from the field 34% from three not great by any means but also could have they've they've played worse um, and playing against a team like Minnesota, you know, it's funny because like you see Minnesota and they, their record going into the game was like three and seven or something like that, like not a very good record at all. But then you look at the guys on the team, right? They have Carl Anthony Towns, uh, they have D'Angelo Russell, like they they have guys that can play, and they have guys that you know the Lakers are a team that other teams they come into Staples Center and they want to. Um, beat the Lakers. They want to play their best. I feel like teams always want to come and play their best against the Lakers, and that seems to be the case this season for sure. So it was a you know it was a close-ish game in the second quarter or through the through the first half against the Timberwolves. Uh, the Lakers are notorious this season for coming out and having terrible third quarters. Uh, they came out and I think they gave up like 40 points in the third quarter to Minnesota. And it was over from that point. Uh, it was honestly, it was just kind of hard to watch. Their their defense was awful. No defense. Uh, offense wasn't playing well enough to keep up with the bad defense. And the Lakers got blown out by the Minnesota Timberwolves, a team that had no business blowing them out. I mean, they maybe they can you know maybe if it's a close game, it's a close game. I get it, right? In the NBA, you're playing against other guys that that can play, you know. And the Lakers are down. Uh, LeBron James, Trevor Ariza. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker did come back over the weekend, but he did not play against Minnesota. So Kendrick Nunn, you know, they're still the Lakers are still missing a lot of guys with injuries, and they just don't have the firepower. If they're playing, if they're going to play bad defense, or if other teams are just going to shoot incredibly well, any of the any of the above, um, the Lakers don't have that bench depth and firepower that they need at the moment to keep up with that kind of offense, at least not on like a night-to-night basis right now. So Lakers get blown out by Minnesota. Anthony Davis was uh, understandably frustrated and upset with the performance in the game, um, saying so in the post-game uh, coverage. So on Sunday, the Lakers played San Antonio Spurs, a team, another team that's not that good right now. Uh, they have a lot of young guys on that team. Uh, they're missing their center, uh, last name Pirtle, 
Um, not, you know, again, a team that the Lakers should beat. And the Lakers did win. They won that game 114-106 to 106, from what I remember. They played great on Sunday. Uh, they, they came back, and they, from the poor performance against Minnesota, and turned things around. Uh, and a lot of that was due to Taylor Horton Tucker, who did come back on Sunday from injury in, in his season debut. And I think he put up, like, 17 points. He shot incredibly well. And he just, like, added that a guy that just attacked the basket that we're missing with having LeBron James out. You know, like, it's weird because Russell Westbrook should be a guy that's able to do that where he attacks the basket well and and forces the defense to collapse in on him. But I don't know if it's the, if he's just, like, not confident in himself or what it is exactly, but he... I, I noticed this week in watching him that Russell Westbrook, he drives the basket, and first of all, he's not he's not always going to make that layup, which is frustrating. And then on top of that is he, even if he has a layup that I think he could make, he kicks it out to the three-pointer, which, you know, it's a good look. It's good, like, it's good to get to the open guy, but also if you have an open layup, take the open layup, you know, especially when the Lakers are not when they're just really inconsistent with three-point shooting. You know, like, they... The Lakers against the Timberwolves, I believe they shot 22% from... I might have said 34%. I think they shot... No. They they did not shoot well against Minnesota. They shot terrible again on Monday against the Bulls, which we'll get to. That being said, they're not, they're not a consistently good shooting team they shot really well against uh san antonio on sunday so it's hit and miss it worked out really well on sunday but what worked on sunday did not work on monday so that being said taylor horton tucker really did a good job at attacking the basket forcing the defense to uh collapse on him and focus on him take focus away from anthony davis russell westbrook uh, wayne ellington guys like that so good win on Sunday. The Lakers had the lead for the majority of the game. They're up by, they had a good lead for the majority of the game. Uh, they did have a, a late fourth quarter collapse a little bit where they let a large lead, like 14 or so points, get down to a two-point lead. So it became a two-point game with around like two to three minutes left in the game. Uh, thankfully, the Lakers were able to answer back by hitting some big threes, uh, building that lead back up before having to force the Spurs to uh, foul the Lakers for free throws and whatnot. So a little scary by the Lakers, you know, something that I am not surprised by, the little the collapse there to make it a game. And, I, and I'm just happy the Lakers answered back and were able to pull off the win and make it a, a decently sizable win with a point lead, beating the Spurs and getting that win on Sunday. So good to get the win on Sunday. Lakers had a back-to-back game on Monday night against the Chicago Bulls, welcoming back Alex Caruso to L.A. uh, for the first time since he joined the Bulls in the offseason. So, cool, you know, cool moment. They played, like, a welcome-back video for him during one of the uh, timeouts or end of the first quarter or something like that. 
which was cool to see. Uh, if anything, it just made me more bummed that we did not keep him in the offseason. I, I know the decision with the money and stuff is tough with Caruso, right? It's like a lot of it had to do with like keeping Taylor Horn Tucker versus Caruso and then having enough money for the guys the Lakers wanted to bring in. I kind of get I get how it all works out and it's tough or whatever, but it's still bummed that we're missing Alex Crusoe, mostly for the defense. I mean, like, he's – I don't think he scored any points against the Lakers on, on Monday, which is funny. Um, but he just – the stuff that he does on the court doesn't show up in the stat sheet. Stat sheet. And that's what everyone says. And I know that maybe it's, like, a, like an annoying thing for people to hear about him. But if you watch him play, you watch his defense, you watch his passing, you watch where he is on the court, he just makes a difference. There's a reason why the Lakers started him in Game 6 of the NBA Finals in 2020. You know, he just has that kind of effect on uh, on on the team that he's playing for. So, that being said, that's just my, uh, my have-to uh, statement on Alex Crusoe. So, you know, cool to see him back in stable center bummed to see him playing for another team and a team that blew out the Lakers. So Lakers get blown out by the Bulls by 20 plus points. Absolutely awful game by the Lakers. Uh, On one end, the Bulls shot incredibly well. Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, they all just were hitting, they hit everything. I mean, you had, so you had uh, DeMar DeRozan, who's an LA native, grew up in Compton. You have Lonzo Ball, who's a Southern California native, played for the Lakers, or was drafted and played for the Lakers. And then you have Zach Levine, who played at UCLA. So you have three guys that have some sort of roots in Los Angeles, coming back, playing together on the same team, and absolutely destroying them. So, like, it's another example of what I was saying with, like, how teams come in and want to just, like, play their best against the Lakers. Well... There's teams that are like that, and then there's teams like the Bulls who have who have those guys on their team, plus Alex Caruso, who I know he didn't like put a, a, a big like a lot of points and stuff, but he still has the same incentive, right? So it's like you have really have four guys that have these like roots in LA that want to come back and and you know prove themselves, play their best, and and whatnot. So they come in, they are they shoot incredibly. I mean. DeMar DeRozan had like 34 points, 35 points, something like that. And then Zach Levine and Lonzo had like 24, 25 points, somewhere in there. And they just killed the Lakers, like 125 to 102 or something like that. It was a 20-plus point game. It wasn't It wasn't really – I mean, it was somewhat close in the first quarter. Uh, halftime, Lakers were down by – eight or nine I tweeted like wow Lakers Lakers down by eight or nine whatever it was at halftime feels like it should be more you know it really felt like the Lakers should have been down by like 15 at halftime um at least anyways the Lakers come out notorious bad bad notoriously bad in the third quarter and they at least they're consistent in one thing they're notorious notoriously bad in the third quarter uh they come out and just lay an egg and enough to the point where they can't get can't can't get back in the game anthony davis gets ejected from the game he had gotten a technical earlier in the game and then at a certain point he uh 
his shoe came off down on there on the Lakers end of the court and he was trying to put his shoe back on and I guess typically in the NBA the refs will wait for the player to put his shoe back on before uh, putting the ball back into play Uh, the ref didn't wait for Anthony Davis so then Anthony Davis had some choice words for the referee who gave him a second technical and kicked him out of the game so Anthony Davis was out from the majority of the second half of the game and it just wasn't I mean it was it's hard to watch the Lakers the Lakers shot from three the from the three-point line the Lakers shot 18 percent 18 percent that I have a I mean I don't know the I'm gonna say I was gonna say like I feel like most like a college team or a high school team would have a hard time shooting 18 percent from three but I understand the, the NBA three-point line is further back than high school and college, so maybe that's a bit of a stretch. But, like, 18%, that's that's awful. That is terrible. That is – that has to be a se- – I hope that's a season low for the Lakers this season. That might have even been a season low from last season. And the Lakers were bad three-point shooting team last season. So it just it's just awful. Um, and so you have a good shooting game from the Bulls a terrible shooting game from the Lakers. And the Lakers shot so many threes and were 18% from the three-point line. Like, why do you keep the shooting threes? Like, the, I think in the first quarter, the Lakers, like, first seven shots, at least, maybe even, maybe it might have been more than their first seven, but their first seven shots were three-pointers. Like, what are you doing? I understand Wayne Ellington's a good three-point shooter. Uh, I understand that, like, just attack the basket i i just don't understand the why why a team that knows they're not that good at three-point shooting settles settles for threes seven seven threes in a row to start the game it's just not it's just not good i understand they're wide open for a lot of them but come on um i mean hats off to to the bulls the bulls did play really good defense against the lakers they had a really good game plan for anthony davis uh, knowing that LeBron James wasn't there and, you know, not not being as worried about Russell Westbrook, the, the Bulls put all of their focus onto Anthony Davis to the point where any entry pass that Anthony Davis got, he was the guy, the guy that, so there was the guy guarding Anthony Davis and then the, the defender basically who was covering the man next to Anthony Davis would collapse down for a double team and it was they pretty much collapsed on him immediately as he, as he got the ball every single time so Anthony Davis was being double teamed uh right when he got the ball every single time so he didn't really have an opportunity to really make a lot of happen and that's why the Lakers had a lot of open threes so again I understand why you would shoot it if you're open it just wasn't the Lakers night um and at that point, it's like you have, at some point you have to realize like the threes aren't falling. Let's attack the basket. Let's really get after it. And Taylor Horton Tucker did that. Russell Westbrook did that to a, to a certain degree. Um, there's just only so much you can do when um, at the other ends, Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, Demar Derozan hit a big shot on the other end. Also, you know, the Lakers just didn't have enough firepower in the tank and I get it it's a it's the second it's the second game on a back-to-back 
The Lakers are a little shorthanded. It's tough. It's not the ideal situation to come in and play a team like the Bulls, who are playing with a lot of energy and and are playing really well. So it, it's not ideal. I didn't necessarily necessarily expect the Lakers to beat the Bulls on Monday. I, I mean, I wish that I could have expected it, but I didn't really expect them to beat the Bulls. If I'm being honest with myself, if anything, I just want the Lakers to be to be competitive. The Lakers so far are, comp- are really competitive with shitty teams. They're really competitive with the worst teams in in the league, right? They go to overtime with the Hornets. They go to overtime with the Spurs. They go to they're they're in like last second situations against uh, just the worst teams in the league. And then they're getting blown out by the Warriors. They get blown out by the Suns. They get blown out by the Bulls. So far, their only good win has been against the, the Miami Heat. And, uh, you know, yeah, Jimmy Butler left the game in the first quarter, didn't come back. So, like, that, th- there's that. At the same time, the Lakers didn't have LeBron James. The thing is, like, the Lakers are playing shorthanded right now with without having LeBron and a lot of the other guys coming off the bench. So... I think we do have to give the Lakers a little bit of slack, right? Like they're not playing they're not playing with the team that they put together in the offseason. At least not yet. They're playing with some of those guys, but not all of them. So it is what it is. It's there's still winnable games for the Lakers. I mean, there this this scenario is the exact reason why you would make the argument that the Lakers should have gone, should have traded for Russell Westbrook. You want that. The whole point of having a big three is depth, right? I mean, like depth from like a. Typically, we have a big three. You don't necessarily have a lot of bench depth just because of like salaries and stuff. But depth in the sense that like, if one of them goes down, you still have two guys, two superstars on their team that can help you win games, even if you're missing one, right? So it's like. The argument for signing or for trading for Russell Westbrook is to, you know, if Anthony Davis goes down, if LeBron James goes down, if one of them goes down, you still have two left, right? It's not just like before when it was Anthony Davis and LeBron, if one of them got hurt, you only have one of them, one superstar, and you're not playing, you're playing with, it's just the whole argument for the, for trading for Russell Westbrook is this exact scenario and it's showing that it's not working you know like they can't get it done so it's it's frustrating I wish the Lakers I can't when the with the Lakers injuries situation we can't expect them to be winning every single game necessarily but we should at least be expecting them to be competitive in every single game if they're a playoff team, they should be competitive in every single game. And two of the last three games since my last episode, they haven't been competitive. They weren't competitive against Minnesota, and they weren't competitive against Chicago. So it's definitely a frustrating situation being a Lakers fan right now, watching this play out. Um... For the most part, Anthony Davis has been playing really well. He had a... It was a tough game on... Uh, against Minnesota on Friday. 
Carl Anthony Towns had 29 points, I think. He Carl Anthony Carl Anthony Towns went to town. Uh, he played he played well. Anthony Davis played okay. He had 22 points. Not not the best for him. Um, defensively, you would hope having Anthony Davis would help slow down Carl Anthony Towns, and that just didn't really happen too much. Um, he got kicked out. He played well on um, Sunday against the Spurs. That being said, the Spurs were also not playing with their starting center. And then he got kicked out early, and uh, he got ejected early in, on Monday against Chicago. So, tough situation the last three games for the Lakers. The Lakers find themselves now at 8-7 and seven on the season. They're still a game above 500, which I guess that's something, but still not ideal. And we, we have a tough road ahead of us. We have a road, some road some games on the road, a road trip coming up, um, and we will get into that next. All right, so the Lakers have a road trip coming up. Their first game on the road trip is tonight, actually Wednesday night, uh, against Milwaukee, against the Bucks. I don't think the Lakers have a good chance against the Bucks, to be completely honest. Uh, let's hope that me predicting them to lose to the Bucks means that they beat the Bucks, but... Uh, defending champions, Milwaukee, they're, I mean, they've had their own struggles this season. They haven't come out the gates how they would hope, how they would have hoped, but they, you know, having Giannis and whatnot, the only, really the only chance the Lakers have, in my opinion, is, is if the Bucks have just a bad shooting game or if the Lakers can, I mean, if the Lakers can do what they did against the Heat where they just are flying around on defense, playing well, and playing well on defense, which creates good offense, and make it a defensive matchup, then the Lakers will give themselves a chance. It's it's really if they don't play good defense, if Giannis is able to put up 30-plus points, the Lakers don't have the firepower, like I've been mentioning, to, to, to match up with that, in my opinion. So don't have good feelings about the Lakers playing Milwaukee. After that, the Lakers play Boston. Another team that's been struggling, but a team nonetheless that has has guys that between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, that can put up big shots, hit shots, to the point where, again, wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers didn't win. Then they play Detroit, a team that the Lakers should beat. Uh, they played the Knicks and I think the Pacers. So, of those games ahead, I don't feel super confident. That being said, I don't feel super confident about any games ahead at this point for the Lakers until they get back to full strength um, in their full lineup. So I, it'll be, we'll see what happens. I, you know, I'm still, this season's still early, and this team is still figuring things out to the point where I have a hard time making super definitive statements um other other than like about like past games like they shot terribly or they played bad defense like i those statements i i I can make but i have a hard time making any definitive definitive future like forward state forward facing statements about the lakers right it's like 
I don't know. What happens when LeBron gets back? They could end up changing things around. What happens when they get someone, Trevor Ariza or Kendrick Nunn or, you know, it's hard to say. I think all I can say, though, is I don't really like the Lakers' chances against any team. Um, if anything, it's a close game. At this point, all we can hope for is that the Lakers are are in the game close at the end of the game. Like it's, uh, Hopefully it's a close game at the end of the game. That's all we can hope for. Um if that's not the case, then I don't know. You know, it's the Lakers are getting blown out by teams like Minnesota, right? It's like that's it's just hard to swallow. And I think we have to I have to reevaluate just my the way I think about this team. I, I think like, oh yeah, they should beat Minnesota. Like, oh yeah, they should beat Detroit. Oh yeah, they should beat the Knicks or whatever. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. So tough, uh, tough road ahead. Tough road trip coming up for the Lakers. I think they. Hopefully they can come out of it with a couple wins, but I, again, I'm not super confident right now on this Lakers team and and what they have cooking at the moment. Um, and, and some other new. Oh, well, speaking of the road trip, actually, um, something that I think Taylor Horton Tucker said and and also Frank Vogel is that they are looking forward to this road trip because they think it'll be a good um, time for the team to be able to bond together and build some of that chemistry up. So. That is a good, I like that. That is a positive outlook on this road trip that's coming up. Like, hopefully the Lakers can turn it into a positive situation, a positive experience, and the Lakers can continue to build up that off-court chemistry and and things can just start melding together. Um, I think that that's something that the Lakers, there. It's, it's one of those things where it just takes time. It takes time for that to, to happen. Uh, that, that was what was special about the Lakers 2020 team was they had really good chemistry it, kind of out of nowhere no one really could have expected it I definitely didn't really anticipate it and it really was the thing that helped the Lakers get through the bubble and the grueling playoff experience and end up winning a championship so let's hope this road trip is the first step in the Lakers being able to to build up some good chemistry and that's something to, to say is like the Lakers haven't had a lot of home games to start the season, so they haven't had those road trips yet and those opportunities. So hopefully this does work out like Frank Vogel and, uh, and THT were saying that the Lakers can build up some some good chemistry. And some other news and some other upsetting news. Uh, new it came out last night that Staples Center will no longer be called Staples Center as the uh, AEG, the company that owns what is now called the Table Center, has sold the naming rights of the building to Crypto.com. So starting on Christmas Day, of all days, I mean, come on, on Christmas Day, uh, Stable Center will now be called Crypto.com Arena, which is just awful. I mean, I understand that Stable Center was already like named after a company, right? Like, which, in my opinion, isn't ideal. Like, the old baseball stadiums is, is the ideal situation, right? Like Comiskey, Comiskey Field and Ebbets Field, and uh, even just like Dodger Stadium, Angel Stadium, named after the team. Like, not not giving some big company or corporation the naming rights of the arena or the field or the stadium is nice right it's like it's just more pure 
And so I understand that Stable Center was named after a company already and that they've already gotten rid of that purity. There never really was that purity of like a of a stadium not being named after a big corporation or a, or a corporation. Um, but like Stable Center just sounded right. You know, that, that's how it always had been. It has a ring to it, Stable Center. Um, there's so much history there at Stable Center specifically. I understand it's still the same building, but like it's just weird, you know. Uh, Crypto.com or I mean, at least it's not like Smoothie King or Little Caesars. Like I, you know, <laughs> those ones are kind of funny. Uh, Crypto doc. The thing is, like, why do we have to have the dot com? You know, and I get it. Like, you can't just call it Crypto Arena because it doesn't. But it's called Crypto dot com. Like, why can't it? Like, why can't it just be Crypto? stadium or crypto arena or whatever you know in my opinion if the lakers or if aeg is going to change change it from stable center they should just uh you know forget about the money call it like la arena or something like that and call it a day but obviously that wouldn't happen so sad news that stable center will be no more later this year and it will be crypto.com arena or whatever I mean, I'm not going to call it Crypto.com Arena. I'm not going. I'm just not going to call it that. We're going to say, "Hey, you're going to go to the Lakers game. Let's go to the Lakers game. Uh, I'll meet you around the stadium. I'll either call it the stadium, the arena, or I'll still refer to it as Staples. You know, I'm not going to call it Crypto.com Arena. That's just that's just not happening. So, um, and I feel like most Lakers fans are with me. I saw like an, an initial Twitter poll about what you're going to. Someone was asking like, "What are you going to call?" the stables or whatever you're going to call it crypto.com or stables and at the time it was like had like 450 votes and like 91% said stables so most most Lakers, Kings, Clippers fans are with are with me this is one thing that we can probably always unite on although the Clippers are you know in a few years going to be moving out into Inglewood so they probably don't care as much anyways sad to see Stable Center go Sad to see Crypto.com Arena come in, but that's the sad world we live in. Anyways, thanks you guys so much for listening. This has been a wonderful episode, although not great talking about the Lakers losing or Staples leaving, so maybe not that great of an episode, but fun, always fun nonetheless to record this podcast, and uh, thank you guys so much again for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers! Mm -hmm.